We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. Good morning and a happy Saturday to everyone. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And I am Pastor Jolly John Lukomsky, uh, formerly of uh, St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Athens, Illinois, and Trinity in Darmstadt. And this is Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the basics. basics. You know, John, that reminds me of the, uh, yes. the Prince, the, the artist formerly known yeah, as Prince. Do you remember that's that? That's what I Formally, that's right. I, that's I'm the pastor. Formally, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and, and Matt, we should tell everybody this is our first uh, attempt at a remote broadcast. Uh, I am not there with you in the studio, as is our usual practice. Although Matt, this is not actually working out the way I had pictured it. Is that right? <laughs> well, what's wrong, John? Well, you know, the idea was that I was going to be in Minnesota and I was going to be sitting on a boat and we had like nice 70 degree temperatures and a little breeze coming through and I'd be, you know, uh, shooting the bull with you here about uh, the Word of God. But I, I haven't got out of St. Louis yet, so I'm stuck in my upstairs closet and it must be like 95 <laughs> degrees in here. The sweat is pouring off of me. It's but not again, quite Minnesota. We, <laughs> no, but, but we are the hardest working men in Christian radio. So it only makes I'm, sense. I'm, it only makes so sense. You, you've so made, you've made for yourself a little makeshift studio there in your home. Is that is that what I hear? Well, we're going to rethink this concept because <laughs> there is no air conditioning in this closet. In the walk-in closet. So, yeah, no, no. So this, uh, but it, it, we're set. We, we got to get going. So we'll just work with what we got here. But if I do pass out, Matt, would you just go on and finish <laughs> the, uh, that show without me? That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, I will be more than happy to do that. But it is kind of weird flying solo here by myself in the studio. It's just just me and the bare light bulb it, and the mop bucket. <laughs> Right. But at least you got air conditioning, Matt. That's so. true. That is true. <laughs> at least there's circulating air. <laughs> That's right. Um, so what we want to do, we took a little break last week to do the, the, the Ascension, uh, and we want to continue with this theory. Uh, this theory. <laughs> Maybe I'm passing out already. <laughs> the, theory. the heat is getting to him, folks. The heat's getting to me. <laughs> yeah. uh, revelation. Revelation. And so I'd like to go to, to, to Revelation. I, you see, the, the nice thing is I do have controls of all the sound effects now. So You do. Yeah, that's right. Darn it. The little hotkeys are all mine. I can do what I want. Oh, this is great. You're this going, is you're, great. You're mad with power. Yeah. Don't you know sarcasm when you hear it? <laughs> all right. All right. So, so, so we got to do, I want to go to Revelation 5. Uh, uh, and, and like we talked about a couple weeks ago, we, we want to stick with what's obvious because the other stuff's too hard for us. <laughs> it's too hard for really smart Keep people. Keep it easy. So, yeah. But I want you to read rather an extended section, if you wouldn't mind, if you could read all the way from chapter uh, yeah, chapter 5, verse 1 through verse 8. Okay. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Yeah. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. 
And I began to weep loudly, because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the lamb of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And behold, the throne and the four living creatures, and among the elders I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints." Okay, so, so let's just stop there. So, Matt, I, I don't know, any comments you want to make? Well, we've got the uh, golden harps. Look at that. So, uh, I don't know. Is that yeah. where we get the, uh, you know, the cartoons? We always see these golden They're harps always, in heaven. I, so everyone's playing a harp I, for some reason. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a cool, because yeah, that's always the picture, right? We're up there singing, playing harps. You know, Mark Twain said, if that's what heaven is, I, I don't sing very well, he said. So I don't see myself. <laughs> He's in trouble. Huh? But I... I guess you're right. I, that is that is where that image comes from. Uh, other things that that, that that strike you as you're reading that are because I know you've studied you've studied this, and this is like one of the classic chapters of Revelation. We're, we're avoiding the the ones with the strange beasts and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think you know I think there's some value to that to sticking to the sort of the obvious in Revelation and and keeping the main thing the main thing. And I think the the main thing is found in these verses. I think what strikes me is. Uh, the lamb and and again and yeah. again this this appearance of the lamb and what the lamb's doing and and what the uh the hosts of heaven there have to say about the lamb i think that's probably pretty significant so that that's the big deal and and you're right that's the obvious thing whoever this lamb guy is he must be pretty significant because everybody is bowing down and worshiping him everybody's bowing down and saying amen to him and of course the lamb is well jesus right? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like we we talked about last week. It, it, there's there's a lot of difficult images, and we we've got one here. We'll talk about in a moment. But but when Jesus shows up, it's always really really. But let me ask you, Matt. So how do we know? So here you and I are telling everybody, oh, it's Jesus. But how do we know it is Jesus? Good question. Well, I think you have that that consistent imagery of of a lamb, right? Uh, this isn't the right. only place where Jesus is is pictured as as a lamb. Sort of that that picture, that metaphor used for Jesus. And I think the other significant thing is where it says, uh, the one who was slain. I think that's ah, interesting. Yeah. But yet it's not a dead lamb laying there, a carcass. It's, <laughs> it's a living lamb, right? <laughs> they want to make for a very good story. But, but it's a living lamb just like it's a living savior. Yeah, that that's that's the striking thing. So 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 well, first you got John the Baptist, of course, who when he sees Jesus yes, coming, he yep. says, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world." Uh, and, and like you said, this this fits exactly what we talked about just a month ago uh, in the church. Uh, he is the Lamb that is slain. He died on the cross, but he's the Lamb that's still standing. I like that. I'm still standing. Okay, sorry, <laughs> the heat's beginning to get to me. <laughs> but, but yeah, so so he's. Still Still alive, he's still resurrected. So there we got it, and, and and he's obviously the big the big guy here because uh, we've got four living creatures worshiping, we've got elders worshiping, we've got uh, myriads and myriads of angels worshiping him. We have uh, uh, well, just all the creatures are worshiping him. So Jesus, Jesus is a big deal. That that's what's obvious. Yes. But let's let's go to the less obvious things. Right? Okay. But but like I said, everybody's worshiping him. Uh, although not not the guy on the throne. Nor the the seven spirits. I think that's interesting. They're they're not bowing down. 
but we have a whole bunch of other uh, individuals that are. Uh, and, and so we start with the four living creatures. What is your theory? Do you have a theory, Matt, about what the four living creatures are there between the throne uh, who are worshiping the uh, lamb? Yeah, that's a that's a good question, John. Um, that's why I asked you. Yeah, I know. Why don't you give me the, the hard, unobvious questions? <laughs> hey, look, I'm in heat. I'm here. You know, I'm in the closet. It's just horrible. I've got it easy. I've <laughs> just got a, I've just got yeah, bleach and, and ammonia and things <laughs> yeah. sitting here in the closet. Uh, you still got closet. air conditioning. <laughs> I, is, I don't, maybe the broom closet is an air conditioner. I didn't think about it. I couldn't remember. <laughs> anyway, so with the four living creatures, what do yeah, you well, think? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, what, what, what comes to mind, you know, the, we have the, the four gospel writers. That comes to my mind. Okay. You know, Matthew, Mark, yep. Luke, and yep. John. And we have that, that foursome there. And uh, certainly, you know, uh, of significance. Uh, so, and, 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 and in fact, if, if we, these guys showed up earlier, I mean, we didn't do the, the uh, chapter three, I think it is where, and they're described as having what they got an ox. One looks like an ox. One looks like a eagle. Yep. Uh, one looks like a, uh, is it a bull? And I think another one, one looks, looks like a human. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so I, that's often associated then with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and, and various identifications of who's who in there. Okay, all right, so there could be the four gospel writers. Yeah. Uh, Any other theories you have? Yeah, well, I don't know. Off the top of my head, what do you have, John? I'm not... Well, see, I don't have a theory. (laughs) 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 That's why I put it on you. Uh, um, I I read one commentary that says there's actually 21 different theories for who the four living creatures would be. Uh, and what what tickled me is is uh, did did you have Brighton was Brighton around when you were in the seminary? I was able to have him for one course, my Greek readings course, my first quarter of the seminary. So yeah, it was great to have him. Well, I, I was but he's a revelation have, guy. That's I, I yeah. had him for revelation. Man. Oh, cool. And and, and and he said he said these four living creatures are uh, like a higher rank of angels, like seraphim or cherubim or whatever. That's why they're closer there to the throne than the myriads and myriads of angels that are talked about later in the text. Um, but then I was reading uh, uh, Dr. Lenski. Did, did you have to get Lenski's commentary when you went to seminary? Oh, well, we didn't have to. I've got a set. I do have the commentary. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Right. It's but on my didn't, shelf. You didn't, have, you didn't have to get it. I don't think it was required. No. Yeah. I got to look into that because when I went, that that was required, that was required. <laughs> for all your New Testament courses. So anyway, here's what tickles me. So you got a really really bright guy, Doctor Brighton, who says, "No, this is, these are these special angels." Sure. And then you've got a really really bright guy named Doctor Linsky, and he says, "Well, the one thing we know for sure is they're not angels." <laughs> oh so, no! Wait a second. So, okay. Well, so right. this this probably falls in the not so obvious category. <laughs> the not so obvious. If category, these guys can't figure it out, then you and I, John, we are we are in trouble. But but I, I I like I like your guess I like your guess that's probably, you know what the church has gone with for a long time that that idea of the four gospel writers, let's let's move on to something that's a little easier though, so we also got twenty four elders standing around here, uh, any idea what the twenty four elders might uh, symbolize or yeah. represent? I believe we have a picture of the the Old Testament and the New Testament here. So I'm thinking of the the 12 tribes of the Old Testament, right? And then you got the the 12 apostles in the New Testament. So that, you add them up, you get 24. And so I think there's a picture here of both the the Old Testament and the New Testament, prophecy and fulfillment, uh, the the time of the prophets, the time of the apostles. So you you have the whole whole council of God, if you will, here testifying to, to who the Lamb is. And and I'd say that sounds like a perfect theory to me. Uh, 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 this whole image of twelve, like you said, is just so crucial. You, you, you've got to have twelve tribes. There, there. Some commentators even make an attempt to, to enumerate twelve patriarchs. 
Uh, we, we know there were 12 apostles. In fact, that, that number 12 was so important that uh, when Judas, you know, had betrayed the Lord and committed suicide, one of the first things the church felt that they needed to do was to get another apostle. We have to have 12. Although, doesn't it tickle you that apparently God doesn't care about the numbers or the rules because he just gives you another apostle, Paul. Yeah, so then and then Paul comes along. <laughs> yeah, all right, so thanks. But yeah, I, okay, that that makes sense to me. Uh, so we've got the, the sum of the Old Testament and the sum of the New Testament here with the uh, 24 elders, uh, and we all know what angels are. And, and uh, uh, Although, you know what's interesting in chapter 5? I don't know where you and I are at. <laughs> Because cause you got angels, you got elders, you got the four living creatures, but there's nothing about you and me. But we'll get that next week. Is okay. That okay. All right. Yeah. We'll you and I are going to show up next week in the book of Revelation, huh? Yep. I hope That's so. That's exciting. I hope so. Okay. And, you know, I just I just realized here, just a little quick comment. I have no idea where we're at time-wise. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that you need a stopwatch in your uh, in your makeshift I, studio. The next time I'll do that, I, I've got a clock here. I'll have to look and see what, how many minutes so have we got. The left, show's, I guess, the show's been question. going on for about a minute and a half so far, so you got plenty of time. Oh, <laughs> All right. Wow. Wow. No, that that seems like we were longer. <laughs> so no, I'm joking. We're 13 and a half minutes. So so for our listeners, we, we have this. See, John and I always joke about this because we're, yeah. we're, we're preachers. And when you, when you yeah, preach exactly. in the pulpit, you can go on and on as long as you want. Nothing, there's no trap door in my no. pulpit. There's no there's no hook that's going to pull me off the, the chancel. But here in radio, it's a little different, right? That's 24 right. minutes is all we get. So at 23 and a half, I'm going to start the uh, the exit music, and okay. uh, and then and then we'll go. But you have about uh, you have about 10 more minutes, John. About all right. Well, we're in good shape because okay. I want to go back to what is obvious. All right, we can talk about these elders and the living creatures and what have you. But as you said, we know who the Lamb is. It is Jesus Christ. So let's go to verse 9 and see what everyone has to sing about the Lamb. Verse 9. Okay. Verse 9. Uh, let's see here. And they sang. They sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God. From every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. So I'm going to look at that phrase, a kingdom, I'm sorry, every tribe and language and people and nation. Uh, because I think that phrase can either be a thing of good news, but it could also be a thing of, of law. Uh, because what this is telling us, of course, is that Jesus Christ died for everybody, right? There's nobody that his blood did not ransom. Yeah. But I'm, I'm afraid sometimes that's not how we think. I'm afraid sometimes we like to divide the world up into the people whom God loves and the people for whom he doesn't really care that much. <laughs> and we're right? usually on the side of people that he loves, aren't we? Well, <laughs> At least we like course, to think that. Of course. <laughs> I, that's right. We're God-fearing Americans. Why wouldn't he love us? Those Muslims, I'm not so sure, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, um, and, and even on a personal level, that's the same thing. I got people that I don't like that are my enemies. And, uh, well, I'm not so sure God likes them either. Why would he? <laughs> After they've done the things they've done. Uh, and, and yet, what is it Jesus teaches about our enemies? And to even love them and pray for them. Yeah, that's the thing, is it? That, that's a, even pray for those that persecute you. So, okay, so maybe this reminds us that we are kind of sinful people because God wants to ransom every tribe and language and people and nation 
but we don't always. That's not yeah. where our mindset is, uh, and that should make us repent. And that is pretty um, clear. It's so crystal clear. I mean, it doesn't leave anyone out. Every tribe and language and people. Yeah, yeah. That's. I mean, it's, it's crystal clear, right? Yeah, it's almost like he's bending over backwards to make sure you understand there yeah, is nobody yeah. that is excluded. No matter what terminology you use, they all were uh, uh, ransomed by the blood. And, and God wants them all to be part of his kingdom and indeed wants them to be priests of their God. And, and sometimes that's hard for us to picture these other people, but that's, that's what he wants. Although, Matt, you, you would admit uh, that for anyone to be part of this kingdom, for anyone to be a priest to God in this kingdom, they would have to repent, though. They would have to recognize their sinfulness, right? Yeah, exactly. And so I think, uh, I, I was thinking of the words of the Great Commission, Matthew 28, to make disciples of all nations. So now the, the task of the church is for us to now share this good news with all peoples and languages and nations. You know, Jesus loves them. He died for them. But like you said, they, they need to repent and believe that good news. And so we have that job, and that's what KFUO is about, and that's what we're about in our churches and, and every Christian individual to share that good news so that they might repent and believe. So so we've got the strange teaching in Christianity that, that even a guy like, say, Adolf Hitler, or, or say like Paul, who was formerly Saul, yeah. who, who went around with murderous thoughts for Christians, even they could be part of God's kingdom. But obviously... You know, Hitler can't be in the heaven if Hitler still wants to brutally kill and murder people. Paul certainly wouldn't fit in heaven if he still had murderous thoughts against Christians. Uh, obviously, those people need to repent be before they could be ransomed. But here's what I think is interesting. Uh, um, I think there's actually the language of repentance in this text itself. Because here's a couple things I'd never noticed before. Uh, you know the word lamb we talked about? Yeah. Do you know it's not it's not the word lamb you would expect? Uh -uh. It, it's not the word that John the Baptist used when he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Interesting. Different word used there. Well, it, it's not the word for the sacrificial lamb, which is what we would expect. But it actually is the word for a little helpless lamb. That's what it is. This little teeny tiny helpless lamb. In fact, it's the word that Jesus uses with Peter at the end of the Gospel of John, where he says, I want you to go and uh, feed my feed lambs. My lambs. So it's a little, but here's the other thing that's interesting. The word slain. So you'd expect that to be the word for sacrifice again, because that's what we're thinking, sure. right? That yeah. We're sacrificing the lamb for our sins, uh, but it's not the word for sacrifice. It's actually the word for brutally murder. <laughs> oh, boy. That <laughs> okay. makes it a little more vivid, doesn't it? Well, so literally the text is the lamb that was butchered. That's, that's what John is saying. But but I think here's his point. When when Jesus died on the cross, was there anyone thinking, oh, oh, we're making this great sacrifice to pay for the sins of the world? Was anyone outside of God, the Father, and Jesus, was anyone thinking those thoughts? Probably not, no. So the Jews, why are they butchering Jesus? Well, they've got, in their eyes, he's blaspheming. He's claiming that he's the Son of God when he's really not the Son of God. And so for them, that's punishable by death. And why are the Romans? Butchering Jesus. Well, because he is, uh, if he's claiming to be the king of the Jews, there's only one king, and that's Caesar. So he's got to go. And, and so even the disciples, you know, they're not thinking holy thoughts. They're just thinking that their leader is dead uh, and has been crucified. And, and even though the high priest did say it is better for one man to die for the people, we also know he had no idea what he was talking about. And yet that's what I think is so cool about this text, Matt. So this is what men did. Men brutally butchered Butcher. this 
poor little weak lamb that God had sent. And God takes this horrible, horrible act of sin by man and turns it into the means whereby every tribe and language and people and nation are ransomed. Is that not the most beautiful picture you have of the steadfast love of God? <laughs> yeah, that is beautiful. And this little lamb is is not only this this precious little lamb, but also his, his very precious son, too. And just the the the, the just the, the unfathomable depth of God's love for us. Yeah, and what always tickles me is who are the first people he goes to offering this ransom and this forgiveness? The very people who butchered his son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm thinking what a powerful picture of, of a God who really does love every tribe and language and people and nation. And if you don't think so, just remember what he did. He He gave up his own son to their brutality. It wasn't like they were doing something good. No, no, it was the ox often, but he... He made it for the ransom. So, Matt, how are we doing okay, time-wise? you got two and a half minutes. All right, why don't we finish up this text? Why don't we go ahead and read verse 11 to the end? Okay. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. And and just the two last things I, I want to point out is number one. All of these people are worshiping not because the lamb is mighty and powerful. Remember, this is the the weak lamb. Although what a what a weakness it is, huh? That he could be killed and brutally murdered and still come back. Okay, yeah. Life. But but they're worshiping because they know what he's done. He has done what is necessary. He is worthy. He has provided a ransom for all people, and no one is excluded. And then the other thought I thought was interesting, as I said, the one on the throne and the seven spirits, they're not part of this picture of worship because they, of course, are also God. And it wouldn't make any sense for God to be worshiping God. But we got the Trinity here, the, the one on the throne, the seven spirits. We got Jesus. And everyone else is doing what we all should be doing, saying amen. Uh, because he's the one that came, he was the one that was slain to give ransom to all of us. Um, so, Matt, tell me where, we, where we're at now. Got one minute. One minute. All right, cool. So, uh, any final comments you want to make about Revelation chapter 5? Well, I mean, can you imagine what it must have been like for John as he as he sees oh, and hears man. this? I mean, this, this resounding voice, you know, in heaven on earth and under the earth and in the sea. I mean, just it, this is all-encompassing, pr- singing the praises of the Lamb, acknowledging who he is. And, and yet, like I said, where are we at, Matt? We're not in this picture. Uh, Brighton thinks that this is a picture of what happened on Ascension Day. It's interesting. We talked about Ascension last week. We celebrated it uh, on Thursday, and, and Brighton thinks this is what was happening in heaven. Wouldn't that be a Jesus, cool? That's a cool picture, yeah, isn't it? As uh, he comes back up to his home for everyone to have this welcome like this. Well, of course, he's he's worthy. They've been waiting for him. He did everything the Father asked him. But the thing we have to wrestle with, and the thing we'll answer next week, is where are we at? Where are we at in this picture of heaven? So uh, Okay, very good. Well, I think that's probably a good place to end, John, and a nice little hook for next time, too, as we consider next week, where are we at? Not just me and John, but where are you at, too, in the book of Revelation, in this vision of heaven? So join us next week for Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.